Soul Recovery is not just this podcast. It is a community. And each month on the first Monday, we get together on Zoom to support each other. I give a topic, then we break into small groups. It's a powerful way to be seen and witnessed and heard and supported through your own soul recovery journey. This is free to attend and open to everyone. Go to the website to register. The next one is May 6th from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. Also, in June on the 8th and 9th is an in-person soul recovery retreat in Lafayette, Colorado. This is going to be a weekend of incredible transformation, learning how to use soul recovery in your life and to leave that weekend transformed. Visit the website for more about what to expect and how to register. Enjoy the episode. My name is Reverend Rachel Harrison, and this is the Recover Your Soul podcast, a spiritual path to a happy and healthy life. I started Recover Your Soul after having profound changes in my life from my recovery of alcoholism, control addiction, and codependency. I was guided to share the tools and principles of spirituality and soul recovery to help others transform their lives as mine was transformed. For us to overcome external circumstances, we must first turn the attention to ourselves, focusing on inner change. Outer positive results in our lives will follow. As a spiritual coach, I can support you on your path to make real changes that will bring you a life of peace, happiness, connection, and abundance. Visit the website recoveryoursoul.net to book coaching sessions, read the blog, listen to some of my original music, and subscribe to receive email updates. I think of Recover Your Soul as a community. Follow us on social media and join the private Facebook group to support each other and connect. For an extra episode each week and to support this podcast, become a Patreon member or subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. Welcome back to Recover Your Soul. I am so thankful that you're spending your time here again with me today. If you're new to the soul recovery community, welcome, welcome. We're really glad that you're here. This community is growing and thriving, and you being here new today is part of that. So what are we going to talk about? We're going to talk about beliefs. We're going to talk about how we can continue to be stuck. We can continue to go back to old patterns, even when we're doing the soul recovery work, even when we are actively working on how to make our lives happier and healthier. So beliefs are a major part of that. So let's talk about it. Okay, so when we think about how we were raised, and each of us has our own experience. You could have six kids that came out of a house and each and every single one of them are going to have a unique different experience of how their parents treated them, how they felt from their siblings, what happened in their life, what was their birth order, what did we come in with, what's our personality when we walked onto the planet. I love that Disney, it's a Pixar movie, And um, it was the one where they had the little souls. I think it was actually the movie Soul. And they had the little souls that were up in heaven and they were being given their temperament, right? So you're going to be irritable. You're going to be cheerful. You're going to be bubbly. You're going to be lazy. We all come in with some level of temperament too. So there's so much that comes into each and every one of us to start out. Who are we coming in? 
What family did we come into? What positive and negative things did we come into? A lot of people that come to soul recovery have come here because they were from a dysfunctional family. So does that mean that you're forever dysfunctional? That's what we're going to talk about. And those beliefs become seeded like little seeds in the ground when we are children. And our seed is a certain seed, but it goes into a certain soil and it gets nurtured or it gets neglected. And each time that we have these experiences, it is tending the garden of our life of who we become based on all these parameters, all these different things in our life. Some of us are the kind of people who hold on so tightly to what happened to us in the past and what somebody said to us one time will make an effect forever what we think about ourselves. Other people, they're a little more water off the back. It doesn't affect them quite so much. But in the end, everybody comes out of what we call childhood, this early life development, with some solid beliefs. And those beliefs have a wide variety too. We can have a belief that family is the most important thing. You can have a belief that money is the most important thing. You can have a belief that education is the most important thing. That to be loved, you needed to do something to be seen and witnessed and heard. What was that in your life? How does that create a belief of who you are in your life? And then those beliefs, it becomes our home. And for most of us, having a solid home and a solid foundation is incredibly important in who we are and how we live our lives. I know for me, I didn't move around a ton when I was growing up. I moved around a little bit, but I've met people who either lived in the same house their entire lives or people who moved every single year and how that affected them. I've been in this house now in Louisville, Colorado. This is my 30th year in this house. And I always joke that I can never leave because it's too filled with 30 years worth of stuff. But we find comfort in our home. We find comfort in, in how we create the environment in which we live. Well, our beliefs are kind of like a home. If you think about it, you, you set it up, you tend it, you create it, and it's been given to you. And maybe someone gave you part of those beliefs, but you put them into this spiritual home, this foundation of who we are. And as we go out into the world, we may try other things, we may travel, but we come home to what that home is. And it's fascinating to me, especially now that I'm working with more people and having more opportunities to really explore this humanness that we all have, this this the compassion that I have for all of us who are on this journey together. We are these human beings who are also these spiritual souls who are so in need and desire of connection, and yet most of us feel separate. And I think it's interesting to really look at how when it comes down to those beliefs that keep us stuck, they often come down to two things, that we need to be a certain way to be loved, or we need to be a certain way to be accepted. And that we feel that we'll never be enough, or we feel like we're unlovable. 
And those beliefs are intense. And those beliefs can really keep us from moving forward, even when we're doing a lot of work. And so the fascinating thing about doing soul recovery work and the work that I've been doing with the community, with the listeners, is we're not alone. And that we need to dig in there and develop what is this belief that I have. Recognize what is this belief that I have that I don't even really know is really what's holding me back. We can think it's one thing, and in reality, it could be a totally different thing, mostly because we build our house, and so as we come back to it, we don't really notice the cracks. We don't notice the mess. We don't notice the things that need fixing because we're just staying the course. What if this house that we have is really dilapidated? And we just keep putting new window treatments on the windows instead of taking the house down to the bare bones, rebuilding a house that is structurally sound, structurally sound on faith and strength and love and compassion, built on our potential, built on our purpose, built on this knowledge that we are one in connection with our higher power that these belief constructs that we've allowed to be our rickety old house that we keep going back to no longer serve us. They are not who we are. And yet, they're what's holding us back. I did a workshop recently, and we were talking about this, and I came down to a couple belief systems And my first belief system I've talked a lot about here, my first belief system is that I didn't think I'm smart. I'm not smart enough to be successful. I'm not smart enough to be able to do the things that I wished that I could do. And that was because I wasn't all that great in school. I really struggled in school. I had dyslexia. I had really a lot of trouble learning. I still to this day cannot memorize anything. And I have this part of me that gets really aware that that belief, that core belief in who I am, wants to hold me back from pushing myself forward to excel, to try. That part of my brain comes in and says, oh, no, 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 you're not smart enough for that, Rachel. You can't do that. Well, that's clearly not true because I have worked my ass off in my life to do a whole bunch of things that all require being quote-unquote smart. And so I know that that's not a true belief, that that's crap, but it still rears its head up every once in a while, even though I've done a lot of work on this. And I will recognize that that belief is really at the core of why I'm afraid, why I don't want to try why my feelings get hurt when somebody says something that touches that button in me that is my big red I'm not smart enough button on the front of my shirt. And the button's getting smaller and smaller and smaller and smaller, but it's not gone. And sometimes I press the button. So in this workshop, that was really what I was thinking was my core belief was this I'm not smart enough And it was a long workshop, and uh, we did this for hours, right? So I'm talking about this in 20 minutes. And we looked at our emotions and our guidance system. I did the emotional guidance system last episode. Those emotions are telling us something. 
they're telling us something both directions. If we are having emotions that we're uncomfortable, that we're not feeling happy, that we're feeling stress, that we're feeling anger, that we're feeling sadness or fear, that is actually there to tell us that that path that we're on needs to be evaluated and looked at. And likewise, when you are feeling love, when you are feeling joy, when you're feeling contentment and ease, when you just have that sparkly inside feeling that just feels good, that as well is as strong of an indicator that you are moving in some direction, that that is a guidance system that is telling you something important for you to recognize, to lead yourself more on that road, that path. Because my belief, my strong belief is that higher power wants nothing more for you than true depth of happiness and joy. Higher power is here conspiring for your happiness. And it's us that gets in the way. And we get in the way from these belief systems. So as I got more in touch with what was really underneath there that I wasn't looking at, what I came down to that surprised me was how afraid I am of being rejected. Now, I know I'm not alone in this. I know that this is one of those core fears of not being lovable, of not being enough. And so this is a common, common feeling. I have pretty good self-esteem. I have lots of friends. I have come out of recovery. I feel good about myself. I can be compassionate for myself. I am loving my life now with a life that I didn't love before. I have a gentleness and a joy of waking up every morning that is new and different than it was for all those years. And yet, when I did this actual deep looking inside of why I'm still having some stuck pieces, some pain that comes up, some fear that comes up, that emotional guidance system that's telling me to look at something. When I look at where the hurt comes from, if someone says or does something and I recognize I'm feeling those feelings of discomfort, of fear, what is that? And I found it was rejection. And you also know the stories of my childhood of not having very many friends and that I've recognized this and I've seen it, but it wasn't until I did this workshop that it really was clear to me that it's much deeper than that. That if I'm honest with myself, this fear of rejection goes all the way to why I drink. Because it was so much easier to be somebody that felt comfortable when I was drinking and having a great time. And there was lots of fun times drinking as much as there was lots of really shitty, low, low moments drinking. But it allowed me to not feel this fear of rejection. So that's in public places. That's, you know, with friends or acquaintances or in work environments where you're doing a mixer or doing something that feels uncomfortable because you're with new people, right? So you have a glass of wine at a business dinner or whatever it is. What I realized was that my fear of rejection 
was keeping me from actually being present in my marriage. It was keeping me from not being as present as I wished that I could have been as a parent. That when I go and I am my best self at a job, there is this piece of me that can't let go of this fear of rejection. Being able to look at that and recognize that for being way above the smart thing. I kept putting the smart thing forward as if that was the big thing, but it was really hiding the fact that the real thing is the massive fear of rejection. And then we did this part of the exercise, which allowed us to really think about what would your life be like going forward if you continue to live a life that is based on this belief system. If I continue to believe that I'm not smart enough and that I'll do anything it takes to not be rejected, what kind of life does that look like? Well, it's small. It's small and it's afraid and it doesn't go for things and it doesn't take risks. It doesn't want to try anything new for fear of being rejected, for being somebody saying something, for me thinking something about myself that isn't good. And what I could see is that's not what higher power wants for me. Those belief systems aren't real. Those belief systems that we have about ourselves are like a fog that we're allowing ourselves to be in. Darkness that we allow ourselves to be in, that we choose as our home. And we keep going back to that rickety, mold-filled, dusty, nasty home that is not healthy for us. And it's time for change. And so for real change, for real soul recovery, what we are wanting to do is we want to break out of those old constructs, those old belief systems. And when I could really see that that fear of rejection was so powerful in my life and I could feel the sadness of how it had affected my marriage, how it affected my friendships, how it affected my jobs, it was like I could see for the first time. And I'm willing to put myself out there and be rejected. Who really cares if you get rejected? What does that mean? What I realize is that rejection is my own perception. It is my own projection on somebody else of a fear that I have. People may be disappointed. People may not like me. People may not like everything I have to say. People may not gel with me or have the same opinions or think that what I have to say is valid. The only person who allows that to come in and and hurt is me. And that's based on an old paradigm that I'm not smart enough and that you're going to reject me. And that rejection is going to kill me. And I don't believe that anymore. Just being able to look at it so clearly allowed me to realize I am knocking that house down. I am not going back to that old rickety house ever again. And I may find myself driving into that neighborhood. You may find yourself moving in that direction. And that's normal. That's life. That's called being human. But when we are on this spiritual journey, which is what this is, and we remember that 
in the eyes of a higher power, there is nothing but pureness. There's nothing but wholeness. I read recently that sanity is wholeness. Sanity is wholeness. We say in the second step that could restore us to sanity, that a higher power could restore us to sanity. What we're saying is, can this higher power restore us to wholeness? And I believe that it can if we let it, if we are willing to let go of those old belief systems and create a new belief system, create something that is for our true highest good. In my new belief system, instead of saying, I'm not smart enough to be successful, what I have exchanged that for is, I am wise and insightful. And instead of saying, I need to be whoever you want me to be, to be loved and accepted, or else I'll be rejected, my change is, I am perfect and whole just as I am, and I love exactly who I am. Those are so much more powerful. I am actually not afraid of rejection in the same way that I was. And what I'm grateful for is being able in my recent life to look back over the last four years while I was looking, while I was feeling, while I was seeing differently, to be able to notice and recognize those moments in those years where I wasn't completely checked out from drinking, but I was still going back to that old house and that Things happened that were so hurtful to me. And I can look at it now and I can see that those came from one of those two belief systems that don't serve me any longer. That those actually had very little to do with the people who were involved in any of it. It has to do with my perception, my evaluation of it, how I feel it, how I see it, funneling through that belief system and either agreeing with it or making it stronger or finding reasons why it's true because that belief system wants to be true. But no more. So what are your belief systems? What are those things inside of you that you realize are the house that you continue to go to that's comfortable, that is drawing you there, but you've outgrown them and they're holding you back from that next step of real change in your life. You are enough. You are lovable. You have everything that you need in your life to have full transformation You are already connected to your higher power if you will allow yourself to feel it and see it. And your high power, as you know, is whatever that is for you. Whatever that is for you. But you are not in this alone. And all the things that have happened in your life up until now are actually part of the learning process. Part of the learning process that allows you to become this person who is learning and growing and changing and transforming today into the whole healthy, happy person that is your true self. So can we stop blaming everything else around us for why we're holding on to these belief systems? Let go of the fact that you have control of anything other than yourself. This is where you have the control is in your internal life in your internal knowing and connection. Take a look at those belief systems. Let them go. Create new ones. 
connect with higher power. Allow the past to let go of its hold on you that is keeping you back. You've got this, and let's work on it together if you need to. Until next time, namaste. Are you wondering, how do I go deeper on my path to soul recovery? Or how do I support this great podcast? Well, here's how. Here's your call to action. If you're ready for real inner change and would like to work directly with me, visit the website and book a coaching session. I'm here to support you on your unique path. I'm here to help you let go of the past, to deepen your connection with your higher power, whatever that is for you, and to discover and then step forward into a happy and healthy life. You can also become part of our soul recovery community. One way is to join the support group. It's the first Monday of every month. It's by Zoom from 6 to 7 p.m. Mountain Time, and you can register on the website to get your Zoom link. Recover your souls on social media. Of course, there's Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, lots of ways to connect. And there's even a private Facebook group that will allow for more communication and conversation about soul recovery. There is also an extra bonus episode every Friday if you are an Apple Podcast subscriber or Patreon member. I'd also love all of the listeners to subscribe on the website so that I can keep you informed on what's going on with the podcast, the community, with me, and anything that's up and coming and new and great about soul recovery. Also, if you just take a little bit of time to give me five stars, a quick review, and to share the podcast with your friends and family, we're helping even more people to have soul recovery in their lives. If this podcast is providing you spiritual nourishment and inspiration, thank you, thank you for going to the website and pushing the donate button, whatever donation feels right to you. This means so much to me because I have this enormous mission of sharing soul recovery with the world and your donations, your bookings, your subscriptions, your being part of this community is helping that to happen. Together, we can do the work that will recover your soul. The Recover Your Soul podcast and its content is for educational purposes only and is not allied or representative of any organizations or religions. It's based on the opinions and experience of Reverend Rachel Harrison. Recover Your Soul claims no responsibility to any persons or entity for any liability, loss, damage, or cause alleged to be caused directly or indirectly as a result of its use. Applications or interpretations of the information represented herein. Take what you need and leave the rest.